0: Welcome back to the Kettle Menu Podcast. I'm Caroline Rose, the founder and CEO of K-Rose Company in cattle Menu. Thank you for joining us on this episode. I'm excited to bring you these conversations each week filled with relatable advice and techniques you can take back to your operation. It's my mission to make sure that we can ranch in the next generation. Make sure and subscribe where you're listening so you never miss a new episode. Welcome to another episode of the Kettleman You Podcast. I am so honored that you are here to spend your time. Today, we are talking to Kylie, and Kylie and I met... At a retreat last summer and really connected. She is an incredible businesswoman. She is the queen of having a dream and building a business that looks unique and a little bit different than what we typically expect in production agriculture. Kylie comes from potato country in Washington and she has built an incredible flower business. She calls herself the Dahlia Dealer And I think that it is so important to hear her story, to hear her struggle, and to uh, listen to her fall down and get back up. So I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I do. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome back to the Cattle Menu Podcast. Today, I have Kylie. Kylie and I met last summer, and I really appreciate the way that she views production agriculture. As you're gonna hear in this conversation, she has done some non-traditional things that have really set up opportunity for her family and that I think expand the way we think about added value and different operations and ways that we can farm and ranch, but kind of on our own terms. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Caroline. I think that Caroline
1: is uh, probably, she's a bigger blessing to me than I am to her. So I'm super excited that you invited me on and I'm really grateful for your friendship and that we were able to meet last summer.
0: Well, thank you. I love your story and I just love your passion for being involved in agriculture, even though it looks a little different than I think you thought it would. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about your background and kind of where you came from and then what it looks like today.
1: Okay. Okay. So my name is Kylie and I live here in Royal City, Washington, with my husband Cole. Um, we have five kids, and we have five kids, and they're very close together. I always love to tell people. Or I had my oldest son when I was 19. I was really young. Um, I went to school for agriculture business at a at the community college here while I was in Running Start, which um, is the high school program. And my roots have always been in agriculture. I grew up on an alfalfa and Timothy hay farm, and my dad was the third generation in his family to farm. So I come from a long line of farming. My dad retired from farming probably when I was in high school. And it was tough. I, you know, it wasn't like a willing, you know, it wasn't something we planned for. And that was hard. And so I always had the desire like to farm. That's all I, I wanted to be in agriculture for as long as I remember. I remember thinking I wanted to be a nurse. And this week I was with my dad at surgery and I told the nurse, I was like, there's a point in my life when I thought I could do this. I was like, but I can't even be in the room. So I got to go. And so I have always wanted to be here and where I am now, the journey has never been linear. And so I met my husband, Cole, and Cole also comes from a farming family background and he doesn't farm with his family. And so uh, we have been, we are, I guess, serial entrepreneurs and we work together every day. Which some days is cool, other days sucks. And if you talk to people who work for us, they'll be like, wow, those two can get in a real fight at eight AM and go to lunch together like it never happened. We've gotten really good at that over the years. And so all of our businesses are in the construct or are in the construction and agriculture industries. We have always done those with the intention of we are gonna work as hard as we can, as long as we can, to make as much money so that by the time our kids get older, we can try and give them the opportunities that we didn't have. And it's, you know, like any person knows, farming is very expensive. Agriculture being, you know, if you're first generation, it takes a ton of money. And without generations of infrastructure, it's really hard and really kind of a depressing situation when trying to make it work. So I guess I, at certain points was on my own over the last 10 years with farming you know, like normal commercial agriculture, growing row crops. So we live in the Columbia Basin, which is a, uh, we get farm or we get Bureau water from the Bureau. And so everything is circle irrigated here. It's like, people think California is the breadbasket. I'm here to tell you the Columbia Basin is the bread. I, I live in the coolest, most, uh, just the most amazing place for agriculture, I think in the world, but it just wasn't feasible. And I, I tried and I worked so hard and I did well at it some for a few years. And then there I had a year where it was raining i had a a bunch of beans and it was raining in um i don't even know what month it was actually oh it's a year cold and i got married actually so it's october and uh it just started raining it started raining 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 and then it started snowing and we could never get we spent that entire year trying to get all my beans off and i lost hundreds of thousands of dollars and just decided that i'm like i i don't have i don't i can't come back from this doing this and this isn't smart and so i stopped doing it and that was really hard. And so that was like a big letdown for me. I just like felt like a failure and I was embarrassed and just thought, okay, this is, this is it. I've tried, I did it. I'm proud that I did it, but, um, this isn't going to be my story. And so fast forward, had a couple more kids. I think at that time I had three kids. And so then I just had our fourth and fifth. I share online that I was like, I had really bad postpartum depression and, call cool. I me and our businesses we've built them from the ground up. So a lot of times that looks like a lot of long hours for both of us and we had just had our baby and our youngest daughter and covid had come and we were working on a project that wasn't going great and uh, so I was like, you know, I just am going to go do something that I can be outside because I know from past experience that I need to um need to spend more time outside when I'm suffering from postpartum depression and seasonal and all the things and this will Make it so my kids will be outside because they want me to sit outside while they're outside. So, I and I've always loved gardening and I've always loved flowers. And so, I'd grown dahlias for a long time. And I decided I am just going to grow a lot of dahlias and I'm going to try it out and I'm just going to work on it and just for fun. And I told my husband Cole that I was going to do it and how much money I was going to spend on it. And he was like, You know what? I don't even think he said anything to me because he just wanted me to stop crying, probably. He just wanted me to be happier. He felt so bad for me. He was like, I was just in a really tough spot, and he knew it, and he couldn't do anything to help at that time, because he just was strapped to the part of work that we had going on, and we just had to get it done. so he's like, "You do you, Kylie," which Cole pretty much tells me that all the time anyway. But And I did, and it went awful. The first year it was so awful. Someone sprayed them out, and so I grew dahlias, and that's what I, that's what I farm now. I'm a dahlia farmer, and um, I grow dahlia dahlias are tuber. they're the same family as potatoes. Um, when I started growing them, I took my production. Agriculture background and applied it into horticulture. So that's what I do now. I grow about five to six acres ish of dahlias, and I ship them all direct to consumer. All my sales are online, and this year was my first year. I opened up to wholesale orders, so I could serve other small farms. Yeah, uh, that's that's kind of what I do now. So pretty much my role is dahlia farmer, run around our office person who um people there are probably like she should quit doing this I'm pretty sure they're all like that right now <laughs> um because my this flower farming has grown beyond what I ever imagined it would and I am starting to become spread really thin so I've got
0: some big choices to make in the near future and chasing our five kids around so yeah that's what I do yeah that gets us up to speed and one of the coolest parts that I think is how you have taken something, one, that was a hobby. And I want to be careful here because I think we as Americans monetize every hobby. Mm -hmm. And we it's almost like you can't have a hobby unless it makes money. And I don't want you to hear that at all because I know there are things you do in your garden and outside that do not make Mm -hmm. money. Right. And there are things right. that you do to make money. And so don't hear us say you should get a hobby and monetize it because that's not it. What what I really want to talk about is how you kind of how the pivot looked. And then also, you know, what does it feel like to be a flower farmer in a world where everyone else is a row crop farmer? And how, you know, kind of how you've handled some of that. I wouldn't really say, I mean, it might be judgment or just conversation, but we don't think of flower farming, especially Montana, right, as even an option. I mean, that's not something that ever crossed my mind. I mean, I buy my flowers at Costco. Like, I never even thought to grow my own. I did order some tubers, though, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, just talk a little bit about kind of that pivot and where how it looks compared to what we consider production agriculture, even though this is very much production agriculture, it just looks different.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I, I want to hit on the fact of the hobby thing. I will say when I started growing the dahlias the first year I did, I was intentional. I knew I told Cole I'm going to farm dahlias and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it. And that was always my intention. When I have always loved gardening, I have always loved it. And it is still, and online, I share all the time about my personal garden. And the beauty and the fun that comes from experimenting and letting your mind wander and be free. So I want like to add that part with it is that I still am a gardener and experimenter and I'm learning new plants all the time. And so I just want to touch on that also, because I like that you said that because in America, everyone you got to make money off of everything you do. And sometimes we are all just tired and want to do something fun that doesn't involve any extra work with it. Okay. So again, so the first year I did it, they were about like knee high. Okay. So I was like real excited. Spring was coming. I was kind of starting to feel better. And then I came home one day and they were sprayed out and I called Cole and I was just livid. And I was like, did you spray these? Did you spray these out when you were spraying the weeds? And he's like, no, what are you talking about? And so again, I was, so that happened. We find out it was a cute little man who was a caretaker of the orchard behind our house. And he felt very bad. And I was just like devastated. It was, I was, I was very fragile at that point in time and fragile, is my state of mind and, um, too late to grow again. And I was like, I'm not doing this. This wasn't meant to be history has shown that I'm kind of an all or nothing person in all aspects of my life, which sometimes is amazing. And other times is just frustrating. And so the next year came and I hadn't really talked about it. And I just came and said one day, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. So Instead of just like the for the first year I had ordered like fifty, but then the second year, you know, fifty didn't grow. So the only rational thing to do would be to order like four thousand. And so that's how year two. Okay. So year two, we're at four thousand. And I'm like, oh wow, okay, I'm into this considerable money now. I like so now I really gotta make this work. And I was really embarrassed by it. I never told anyone. I um, I um Because I think there's so much stigma that goes around I'm a farmer and what that looks like, whether you're a cattleman, whether you're a woman, people don't see it for that. And so nine times out of 10, when someone goes, what do you do for a living? I still say, oh, I work in my office with my husband. We run multiple businesses. And a few weeks ago, Cole corrected me. And Cole's like, Kylie's a flower farmer. That's what Kylie does now. Because... I don't do a very good job at my other jobs anymore because flower farming is what I do. And in the years that I've been doing it, it has unfolded and I've seen that there's this whole industry that nobody like nobody talks about it because we live in this world where agriculture is cattle, it's row crops, it's orchards, it's uh, many different things. And horticulture just isn't something that a lot of people you know they put the links together but if you came out to my field and sometimes I'll talk to people and tell them yeah I applied my potato farming background and I applied it to dahlias and this is how I'm growing them they're from the same family they're genuinely the same thing and they're like no no so a lot of times fieldmen like uh, agronomists don't want to help me because they are stressed about they're like you know they don't want to ruin their wife's flowers basically they're like Kylie we don't want to give you a you know, a recommendation on what you should do for your flowers, because we don't want to kill your flowers. And I'm like, No, guys, we're growing them just like potatoes. Okay. So it has taken a long time to get people to understand that that's what we're doing. And I think that the turning point probably for me was when I finally was just brave enough to say this is what I'm doing. And people still laugh about it. People mock me. I know that people will be like, Oh, yeah, Kylie's flowers. Oh, you grow a few flowers, right? And I am a pretty, I'm not, I'm actually not a private person at all, but I'm a bit, I'm modest and I don't want to like say, but I'm like, I would love people to know the amount of money I make off of my five acres versus their 500.
2: Do you have a fall or spring production sale? On March 26th, April 23rd and 25th at 7 p.m., we're hosting our annual production sale classes. This year, we're going to be covering the importance of investing in your future and what that looks like. Caroline will teach you strategies to create content that will impact your marketing structure for years to come. Don't wait. These classes are limited to the first 100 people to sign up. You can sign up now at krosecompany.com backslash seedstock-class.
1: was the turning point for me? The first time I started selling my tubers because I still have to wait that entire year. I still plant a crop in the spring. I grow them all summer, harvest in the fall, and we sell them in, in the winter spring. You know, it, it's the same exact timeline that people are growing and selling their corn on, their beans on, they're sitting on them, whatever it's doing, they're choosing when to sell. That was like the turning point for me when I'm like, okay, I am making I'm making money at this, and this is something I can see that I can grow because there is an industry out there that I mean, agriculture suffers enough as it is getting people to come back to agriculture. Um, So the flower farming side of it is even more. There's not a lot of people there. Maybe I shouldn't share that because maybe some of you guys will, uh, you know, like hop on over and want to come be my competitor or something, but there's a ton of room for it. So I think people should try it. And I think there's a lot of value in looking at a situation and saying, this is something I love. This is something I want to do. How can I make more money with less? How can I diversify? How can I niche down and do something different that other people aren't doing? And I think for agriculture and for people in small rural towns and, you know, my biggest drive doing this was A, because the little girl in me who was eight years old, whatever, that rode around, lived with my dad in a truck. This is who I always wanted to be. But my other drive is that I want my kids to have the same opportunities as I did. I want them to learn how to work. I want them to learn responsibility. I want them to have all these things. And I think there's a lot of other people out there that come from the same type of background.
0: It blows my mind that you have five acres because I think that in agriculture, we think in thousands in order to be any level of success. And yes. there is a lot of people listening to the you podcast who are either they want to be involved in agriculture, right? So first generation, and it is not feasible for them to go buy a ranch. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about that all the time, right? There's a facility that just came up for sale in Cowspell, and we were joking about it at the table the other day. It's a wedding venue, ranch type thing. And it's only $4 million. We were like, oh, yeah, I'm sure the bank will be like, yeah, just run some cows on that. We'll pay the, right? I mean, it's like we're so disconnected no from being able to start in this business. Mm-hmm. But I also think a lot of times we think starting includes a lot of equipment, a lot of land, a lot of employees. Mm-hmm. Like, And you kind of just took what you had. I mean, you were in this space mentally where you said, I got to be outside more. And you took what you had and you've made a viable business out of it without having thousands of acres, without having thousands of dollars in equipment. I mean, you just sort of took what you had in front of you, what you like to do and made it feasible.
1: Correct. Yeah. The first year I did this, my little brother and I literally planted 4,000 tubers by hand. And it was so miserable. I think, did we dig them all by hand too? Yeah, we did dig them all by hand. It was so awful. But again, to the same point of you know i didn't have the money to go get new tractors i didn't have the money for all the infrastructure and you know now i still i have one tractor i really want one more but i don't know if i'll buy it yet it's a small tractor so even that it's like most people are like oh cool garden tractor kylie <laughs> because you know it's not a quad track and i've got that i've got one digger so this is this is for this last year is the first year that we dug with it by machinery, which was life changing. And still, though, you're still picking it up and putting it in bins by hand. So it's a lot of hand labor. I, you know, hire labor crews to come in and help. And then I just think that the inputs that i put into it have been minimal in what I could. I, I mean, I know what it took to get to a, a, a part where I was at seven hundred eight seven eight hundred acres. And I, I mean, I almost went broke doing it. And it's, not going to work long term, and it was really you know, and I was renting all that ground; I wasn't owning it. There was no long term plan with it. And this is I'm taking something minimal, something less, and getting much more per acre. I mean, then really than what I was ever making with the seven hundred, six hundred acre figures that I was at before. So I think that my biggest message to people, as you know, I think we live in a society where you know you see this idea and you want to do it but you don't know what the steps are to get there and you don't know and most people are really lazy and they don't read they just if you gave them a spoon they might not feed themselves but if you are one of the people who are willing to do the hard work do the research put in the time go and have the conversations and ask the questions that make you so uncomfortable then i think that there are these little niche markets out there that you can go and make money on you know and For me, that looks like, you know, working in our office was never my dream, but it also has allowed me to be a stay-at-home mom and also work and grow professionally over the years. I actually really love the well-drilling industry. Did I know anything about it nine years ago? Absolutely not. Did I just dream up I wanted to be a part of it? No. But I adapted and I learned because that was what was most feasible and what was best for my family. And Now I'm looking at it and I'm, I just think that the opportunities are out there. And I think having the conversations around what can you do with less and what can you do? And not even just speaking to my flower farming, I have some other instances that I've seen people, what can you do to niche down and take out the middleman of, you know, markets when you're selling your crops and things like that, there is so many business ideas with the world being online that you can do. The, when I tell people, they're like, well, where do you sell those to? And I'm like, just online. I ship them direct to people who think my flowers are awesome. And I'm not sure why, and they maybe they like me, I don't know. Uh, but it, it just blows my mind. I think that, especially being in rural America, like I told someone the other day, our uh, postmaster just retired and I cried. Because when I started shipping these tubers, I was like a small, like lost little baby kitten. And this guy just like decided to like pick me up and just teach me how to do it and be so nice to me because I went in one day and said, I have hundreds of orders to ship. I have no idea how to do it, but I've got thousands of dollars sold. Can you help me? And I go, and I will do whatever I have to do if you will help me. And he did. And it's just one of those things where I avoided it for days going in there because I was so embarrassed and so scared and was so scared. I was just going to screw it up. And um, I think being brave enough to ask and being brave enough to try something different and step out into a world that's not the same as what everyone you're in your friend group or your family group has always done can give a lot of reward.
0: And I think we sometimes forget about the parallels any piece of agriculture is. So I know one thing you talked about is you really wanted your kids to have an opportunity to be involved. And I think sometimes Mm -hmm. as adults, we put that in a different context. We're like, okay, we want our kids to be involved in the ranch, meaning they got to have a a cow when they're two. No, no, no. Like, it, It doesn't have to look like we can teach them the same things that we learned in agriculture, right? Hard work, the work ethic, mm-hmm. being a part of the environment and working with our hands. I mean, all these things, but it has to fit what fits our family. And I think that narrative changes. Like, we no longer have to fit our family around the job. Like, we can fit our job around the family. And online has obviously given you this incredible piece to be able... I mean, you've sold tubers in probably all 50 states.
1: Yes, all 50. I sold, sold in every state in the United States this year. And, and camp- uh, uh, not into Canada. I have to, you have to Fido ship. So that's a certain inspection. And that's my goal for 2024 for next year's sale is that I'll be able to start shipping into Canada. But it makes me really emotional when you think about it. All I've ever wanted to be was a mom. And I I, uh, I always tell people, I don't know if I recommend doing it how I did it because it's a bit overwhelming. Very close, like our kids are just very close together, but I am just so grateful for the fact of being online. Selling online has opened up an entire world for me that I didn't even know existed when I started. When I started, I had no idea what I was doing. I just, I was just dumb, young and dumb. I I mean, I just say that about most things I do, but being online and selling online and sharing. Things people—it's contagious, and people are excited. Most people are excited when you succeed. Most people want to follow that journey and see what you're growing. Something like people email me all the time, and I still—I cry. I'm a crier, so you need to know that about me. I will cry because someone will write me an email, and they're like, "We love your story. We're so happy for you. Hey, um, you know, way to hang in there and never quit trying." Uh, and I'm like, "Oh, thanks so much. Like, I don't think my story is that cool." you know, but it it is. And I think that we don't give ourselves enough credit for the walks that we all walk in, you know, in our life. And I just have really been, like I was telling my husband Cole yesterday, I go, you know, I'm just pretty overwhelmed about the growth I've had this, the last six months and where I want to go from here and what I want to do. And he's like, well, now's the time if you don't want to do it, I would decide now because uh you're really gussy enough to grow a lot this year sister so like i think you should have decided this a few months ago honestly but i think that you hear these things all the time where women had to go get it there you're on a farm and the woman had to go get a job in town she had to go work in town and she's just support. The, and, and that's real it is real in so many relationships and industries the, the economy is hard it's not an easy place out there right now and To have the flexibility to still be a mom, to still be working um, in our office, and to be running a business um, that's changing a lot of things for my family is such a gift. And I don't think it should be taken lightly. And I think that people need to see the opportunity of being online and what that can do for them.
0: Absolutely. And I think that there are a few things that you have done that have been really creative and i think that's one of the reasons why i think women involved in agriculture is so important is because you kind of have this little different perspective and i know you always tease about your husband cole and just what he says to you but there's a lot of things i mean one you probably wouldn't be in flower farming but even if you were in you know farming with your family i think the way that your brain thinks is different obviously than cole's and mm-hmm. obviously than your you know your dads or your brothers and I I believe that's what's helped you be really successful is because you do think of things differently and you use kind of that God given creativity that you have to explode this market.
1: I think that. Yeah. I um my mom's a stay at home mom and my sisters are stay at home moms and they're amazing moms. And they're amazing. And I thought that I would I thought I would stay at home also. And then we had our I think I had two kids under a year old. And I was like losing my mind, and I begged, Paul, like I've got to, I got to get out of this house. I can't, I can't be here." And I think we live in a world where women can have it all if they choose to, and if that's the choice that they want. And I wanted that, and I had chose that. And I think that I was say, "Women wear so many hats. Like, what hat am I going to put on today? Uh, am I going to be a chauffeur? Am I going to go run my husband whatever he needs? Am I going to be..." cleaning up puke all over every inch of my house today. What am I doing? And isn't it crazy that I can wear all those hats and still run a business that just sets my soul on fire? It is really crazy. And my, I like laugh all the time. I tell my husband, I love this for my kids, but I love it more for my daughters. And I think that being a girl is pretty cool. And I think that being a girl in this day and age is even cooler. And I am just my grandma didn't have the opportunities I have. You know, maybe you're gonna run a business or start a business. It doesn't have to be online. Maybe you're gonna try something new. But for me, being online has worked and has been the key to my growth. And I just think, Wow, well, what if I would have never like acted on trying? What if I would have never tried?
2: start taking control of your cattle operation and start treating it like a business our team has just the tool for you we have created the cattle menu profit finder focused on understanding your operation as a business and giving you the confidence when it comes to the financial side of things this six-part series will give you access to speakers like shaley stewart and more you can get access today at cattlemenulive.com backslash profit finder
0: Yeah. What if you never would have started? And I think sometimes we want it to be perfect. And I really commend you for taking the action, even though the first year was pretty bad. Because (laughs) for 80% of society, that would have been it. And we do that in our life where we kind of say, okay, that was a roadblock, something that was completely out of my control, but it was a roadblock and now I give up. And Mm -hmm. you certainly didn't let that bad year you could have. And no yeah. one would have asked questions, right? But you didn't let that bad year ruin this really great thing and this really great idea you had. Yeah,
1: I think that. And I think my most advice for people is I was so worried about what people were going to think. I, the day I started my Instagram, I had had it for, a, actually, I don't know if I even started it because I didn't want it to like possibly pop up in people's people you may know. Like what the freak is Kylie doing again? So I started, I like had been telling my mom and sisters how like, and my sister's like, can you actually stop calling us and just do it? It's, I mean, it's kind of getting annoying <laughs> because that's how much I had just been stewing with it and stewing with it. Uh, you know, I was just so stressed. And um, then I was just like worried about what my husband's family would think about what I was doing. I'm like, Oh, they're, they probably think this is stupid. Everybody probably thinks what I'm doing is stupid. And, what I really realized is people don't have to understand your passion. They never will. People will never understand what drives you at your core. What drives me at my core, what made me start this business was dreams I had had my entire life. And although it had been very bumpy, you know, it had been up, down, high, low. I just always honored that that's what I wanted to do. And When it started, I was so uncomfortable. And then now I'm, I don't know when it was when I said to someone, I go, I am not just speaking to my friends and neighbors anymore and family online. I was like, people actually really love these flowers. People actually really love what I'm doing. People, when I will like poll people, what they like the best is not my pictures of the flowers. People love when I have my kids in the picture, when they love when me and my kids are on stories together. And I love that a lot because I love being able to be with my kids and I love them being able to be with me while I'm doing it. And one of my daughters, the way she says the word dahlias, like sets my (laughs) crying soul on fire. I'm like so proud. And uh, I, you know, because my kid, that's the other part is I think that my kids being in agriculture or being able to watch it is cool, but my kids like actually getting to watch me succeed and like build something and knowing how happy that makes me that is probably one of the coolest parts for me is like my oldest son is 11. And when I, when I talk about it, he, he just knows like how proud I am of myself. And I think that that is going to be a gift to my kids far beyond, you know, the flowers.
0: And I think one thing that I just want to say for everyone who's listening is you can absolutely be a great mom and a hustler. And Mm -hmm. I, that it's not always perfect, but we oftentimes think it has to be one or the other. We can either grow a business yeah. or raise a family. And the beautiful thing is, is nowadays with the right support and everything, we can do both, certainly. But one thing you talked about that I want to hit on a little bit is just how it looks different and how we feel that other people are going to kind of judge us, right? Make some assumptions about our dream.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. So do you have any advice or some things you told yourself to kind of get over that? You know, now is better than it was about
1: a year ago. A year ago, I would not even talk to people about what I was doing. It was so uncomfortable because I was like, this isn't real farming. I don't really want to tell people I'm a flower farmer. I'm a, I'm a large flower gardener is what I would like joke around and tell my friends. And I think that basically I, I hit on this a little bit earlier is people are never going to understand your soul, your, what drives you, what makes you happy, even your partner, like Cole can support me. My husband, he can support me and, you know, be happy for me and excited, but what drives him and what drives me are always going to be different. And I think that People are never going to understand you and it is not their job to. I think in our society, people want to be understood so much that it creates this barrier of getting to the next like step. And I think that if you just love something and you are passionate about something, the sooner you realize that what makes you happy is the only thing that's important, the sooner you will see success. And I just think you put your blinders on you know, like horses they got those little the Budweiser horses, the Clydesdales, they've got their little blinders on and they just put their head down and they do their job. And that's what I've had to do in a lot of things. You know, I think imposter syndrome is so real watching what other people are doing on social media. Oh, there's other Dahlia farmers in the world. It's not just, you know, there, there's lots of them actually. And I, I don't follow honestly any of them because I just am doing what works for me and what works for me might look a lot different from what works for the next girl.
0: One of my favorite things about following you is the human aspect to raising flowers. And it's so funny because we are all about that, right? That, I mean, that's the movement in the beef industry, in the chicken industry. I mean, it's like, know your farmer, get to know your rancher, Mm -hmm. sell your beef local. I mean, obviously we have the rancher's daughter, so we're big on that, but it was not something I ever considered in the flowers. Right. Like I just needed to buy flowers and Mm -hmm. And now that it almost seems like you've added a personality to the flower farming that I think just gives the, you this really unique perspective is I'm sure you get questions that are way out of your scope about flowers. Just because yeah. you've added a face to the industry. I'm like, wow,
1: yeah. actually, I don't know that. Try Google. Okay. I'll try Google for you.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I think, if, you know, part of a mo. I mean, a movement, we obviously are doing it in other pieces of agriculture and You've done a really good job in the flower industry, starting that and making it feel human, making it feel relatable. So I think you're doing a tremendous job. Why don't we, as we start to wrap up, why don't you tell me a little bit about what's coming next and all those exciting things?
1: Okay. Um, Well, right now I'm getting gearing up for shipping, which you know, just to be said, as people think, wow, she's doing great online. My skin is still crawling. I am real nervous about making shipping happen this year, but it's it's going to be great. And it might not be perfect, but done is better than, you know, not doing it at all. So that is always my goal is like, I think there's a lot to be said for that. But I uh, am gearing up to get that done. I restocked peony roots today. Another thing I didn't think I was going to get done, but the people have spoken and they want those peony roots. So we're doing it. Um, We just bought a new house and it has some farm ground with it. So we are really excited because that means moving Grey Girl Farms to our home. And again, for the mom hustle, that is going to be so cool to wake up and walk outside and go to work um, rather than having to facilitate a babysitter or five kids with me or whatever that looks like. So we are taking out some of the orchard that's there so that we are going to be planting some dahlias and other varieties of flowers that I am not ready to unveil. Um, but I am looking into uh, expanding my offering um, different type of roots, bulbs, and corms and seeds this year. So be looking for some, you know, updates on that because thats it's pretty big. It's a huge investment. And again, it's a long investment. You know, we, where I live is orchards. They're everywhere. And it takes three years when, from the time they plant an orchard. It takes three years for that orchard to get into production. So you are sitting on an, millions of dollars of investment for a long time before you see any production from it. And that's what I'm going to be doing with flowers. And um, I'm pretty excited about it, but it's just going to look a little bumpy. And we, yeah, we've got a lot of cool stuff coming. I, my my next biggest thing is I'm going to unveil later this year is like a coordinated garden box. And so it's like a, a bouquet in a box. And We'll be sending out different things that you can grow that are all, you know, a certain color scheme and you can pick your color scheme. So for this is for beginners and people who don't know what they want to grow. These will be my tried and true, tried and true flowers out of my garden, my personal garden that I have grown for a long time. So lots of growth, lots of really cool things happening. We're in the middle of a house remodel. Cole and I just keep telling each other, let's talk April 1st. Maybe we'll be friends April April 1st. looking a little wild right now.
0: We are very excited to come visit when you get everything put up because I just, it's going to be such a cool situation and with all your flowers right there. And so we're really excited. And I think this was a great conversation. You're very much an encouragement to making things work and doing things a little abnormal, but still in where your hearts desire. So thank you for being on. Why don't you tell us, I know you're active on Instagram, but where can everyone follow you? Okay. So I am active on Instagram, trying to socially
1: be active on um, TikTok. I'm on Pinterest and I'm growing a lot on Pinterest right now. I have a lot of really fun stuff coming out on Pinterest this coming year
0: and on my website, graygirlfarms.com. Perfect. Well, thank you, Kylie, for taking the time. And I Um, I'm excited to see what spring offers. I know one of the K-Rose team members today mentioned they heard a bird for the first time since October. So we will get spring in Montana. Mm -hmm. It's a little slower than the rest of the world, but I'm excited to plant my tubers and see what I can grow.
1: It's going to be great. It snowed here in Washington last week, and the day before that, it was like 55 degrees. And my kids still want to go skiing in the mountains. So we are still doing winter Sundays and spring the next day. So a little bit of both never hurt anybody.
0: Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks. Have a good day. Thanks again for listening to the Cattle Menu Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. We are thankful to have you in your community. Like always, remember, the grass is greener where you water it.